You're listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Life of Revival Radio. I'm your host, Zachary Weber. I'm also the pastor of the River Church right here in Coshocton, Ohio. We would love to see you this morning. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We call our Sunday morning service the main event. We're located at 212 South 7th Street, right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Of course, you can visit our website, therivercoshocton.com, and you can get additional information, direction, and other service times there. You can also see pictures and just see what we're doing here in the city, see what God's doing. You can also follow us on social media, facebook.com slash therivercoshocton. You can also follow us on Instagram, at rivercoshocton. Also on our Facebook, you can actually watch the live streams of our services. Now, don't stay at home and watch. You, you should come and join us. There's nothing like being there. But uh, of course, you can always avail yourself to that. In the afternoons, you could watch the replay, see what God did on our services. I'm telling you, God is moving in our church. He's moving in our city. And uh, man, I want every person listening to be a part of what God's doing. Amen. So anyway, we'd love to see you this morning. I'm so glad that you're listening. I don't believe you're listening by accident or by mistake. I believe that God has something very special for you this morning. Amen. Well, hey, this morning we're going to go right into a clip from last Sunday. It's a sermon that I preach. It's called Pure Worship. You know, the Bible says that the Father is seeking people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. I pray this morning that as you congregate in your home church, your local church, I pray that when the Father's eyes look over Coshocton, Ohio, He finds you hands lifted high, voice lifted, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. I believe God's going to raise some people up in Coshocton. I believe He's going to raise some worshipers up to do big things because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When God shows up, something's going to happen. When God shows up, things are going to change. And come on, as we praise the Lord in our city, the devil can't have this city. When Jesus is lifted up, big things are going to happen. Powerful things are going to happen. So let's go right into a clip from last Sunday. It's called Pure Worship. Let's go ahead and play it right now. So it says God is spirit and, and his worshipers must worship. It says that, that the worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So praise and worship, what does it do? Praise and worship will bring in the presence of God. It'll bring in the presence of God every single time. And that's in Psalms 22 and, and verse 3. It says, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel, or his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's not just a, a nice tweet. 
That's not just a, a, a cliche. That's a fact, Jack. That as you begin to praise and worship the Lord, He inhabits the praises. It says in, in the NLT, it says, You're holy. You are enthroned upon the praises of your people. Amen. Hallelujah. So worship and praise will bring in the presence of God. So what does that mean? You can change whole atmospheres with praise and worship. You, the atmosphere of your home can change. The atmosphere of your marriage can change. What if married couples just praise and worship together? The atmosphere of our city could change. Amen. Because if praise brings in the presence of God, one thing I know is that when God shows up in the place, the very atmosphere of the room will change. Amen. You know, in the great awakenings of old, in the 1700s that united the colonies, where even some of the present, you know, the future presidents, they actually came to those meetings, that it is said in history that in America there was singing and dancing in the main streets. Imagine if we shut Main Street down, just sung and danced and worshipped the Lord. Someone says, well, I mean, have you seen the Kashokton people? I mean, we're kind of reserved. Yeah, but people are people. People are people. Don't give me that. Amen. So says so they have like a Kashokton culture. Well, we're going to bring a kingdom culture into Kashokton. Are you with me? You go to Africa. My friend went to Africa to, uh, he went to David Oyedepo's church. Who David Oyedepo started out with 20 people, preach, preach, preach. I mean, he'd go into a tribe unreached, give everything. He would leave with shorts. He'd give everything, give his Bible. Today he's the richest pastor in the world in Africa, feeds the hungry in Detroit, Michigan, takes up offering to feed the hungry in America from Africa. It was amazing. So, uh, you know, his church today, they have seven services, each with 245,000 people in the services. So for the dingbats on the Christian posts who are saying that Christianity is in decline, you need to go check out Africa. Amen. God's moving. He's just not moving around you. Amen. So, you know, God's just moving. And seven services, 245,000 people. And it's Ataboya, not Oyedepo. Ataboya, he built a church that's, that's like two miles wide. It's a two-mile box. And God's even doing this in America. My evangelist friend went to, uh, went to New Jersey, somewhere around there. 10,000 sinners came out on a field to hear the gospel. It turned into several weeks. They had to take it to a church where 8,000 people were showing up. Unchurched people to hear the gospel. He's filling churches. So God's moving in America. You're just not going to see it on the communist news network or Drudge Report. So he goes. And, he, and their services you know, start what, around 7 a.m.? Well, at 5 a.m., because a Muslim government had just taken over this part of Africa. At 5 a.m., he heard this scream ah, and this rumbling and this roar and all these people. It sounded like an army was coming through. And he busts out of his hotel room and he looks out the window. He thought that the Islamic extremists were raiding the churches. He's from America. And he looks outside. It's all the Christians on their way to church, waving banners, blowing trumpets, singing, dancing, shouting. So look, this American thing, this American culture that's around Christianity is not doing the job. Amen. Come on. Amen. So it says they're just very extroverted people. Well, we're just going to shake you till your false teeth rattle and get the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. Because when the Holy Ghost gets on the inside of you, you can't just sit there. Like a fire that went to the fox's tail and they ran and they burnt down the camp of the enemy. I believe God's raising up a new breed in Coshocton, Ohio. So it brings in the presence of God. It'll change the atmosphere. Second Chronicles 5 and verse 13. It says, And it came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one. That's why praise and worship brings us into one accord. When the singers and the trumpeters were as one to make one sound, 
to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lift up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. So they, were, they couldn't even stand. What does that mean? They were, boom, they were out under the power of God. Who's ever seen that? You see it here. People fall out. Boom. Amen. Hallelujah. Where's that falling down stuff? They couldn't stand by reason. Someone says, well, where else is it? Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Hello. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you need a rest. We call it God's operating table. But look at this. The very atmosphere of that, of that tabernacle was changed. The glory of the Lord showed up. Who knows what I'm talking about during praise and worship? When you spend time, you start to feel his presence. I had a friend, he, he was an atheist. He got born again. He actually converted three Christians to atheism by getting in their head. So one day he got in a fight with his dad. He goes into his bedroom. He starts burning himself with a cigarette. And suddenly he thinks, why am I doing this? There's a church up the road. I'm going to go to, I need to find God. And he said it was like just suddenly he realized he needed God when he was an atheist. He said, you couldn't reason with me when I was an atheist. He said, I didn't believe there was a God. He said, but suddenly, he felt like there is a God. Amen. So he comes to church, he gets saved, he gets born again, you know, and it was a whole thing. And uh, anyway, I went to pick him up. He became one of my friends. I went and I picked him up one day, and he walked in my car. And when he got in my car, the atmosphere of the vehicle, I mean, it was like, you, it was like the air was alive. And I looked at him, I said, you were praising God before you came out of your house, weren't you? He said, man, I've been praising him all day. I said, I know, I can tell, I can feel it. Who's ever been around somebody and you felt God around them? I'll tell you, that person's a praiser. Who's ever been around someone and you felt like you need to go take a shower because you felt yes. dirty? People shouldn't feel dirty around you. They should feel Amen. refreshed. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Is this good? Amen. good? Amen. So number one, praise and worship will bring in the presence of God. Number two, praise and worship brings liberty and freedom. Acts 16. In verse 16, and it came to pass, as we went to, to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. In the same followed us, Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which showed us under the way of salvation. So here you have a demon. You know, not every religious person who comes to church and saying hallelujah is of God. Just so you know, this is Acts 16, 16. Because look what happened. And uh, it says in verse 18, In this she did many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters had saw the hope of, of their gain was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them into the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent their clothing, and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, and made their feet fast with, 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 with stocks. So here you have missionaries, really, going, cast the devil out, preaching. And then they get beat. They get beat up. 
And then they get thrown in jail, into the inner prison. And then their, their, feet's, their, their feet get chained. You know, I have people, people who think, because they've been trained this way, so I feel for people, but people think that their pastor is supposed to be the person that they come and dump a load on. But I want to show you something in Scripture. You might be going through some stuff right now. But let me show you where your, your breakthrough doesn't come by coming to, now, Pastor, I just want to let you know this, and, you know, da-da-da. Your breakthrough comes from the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm not God. Come on. I, now, the Lord uses me, and he's anointed me to be your pastor, and I'll be there for you. Amen. But God's the God of breakthrough. Are you with me? And you'd be surprised, as you praise and you worship him, what will happen? Amen. So, so look at this. It says in, in, in verse 25, and it says, And at the midnight hour, Paul and Silas prayed. What's midnight? That's the darkest time of your life. And at the midnight hour, Paul pr prayed, and then they sang praises unto God. And it says the prisoners heard them. So they weren't singing, mumbling under the sound of their voice. We don't want to interrupt the other prisoners. You know, some people in church, you watch them sing and... <laughs> You know, and, and you know you shouldn't be worry about your voice. Amen. So it says, I don't have a good singing voice. Who cares? Just bellow something out, man. Because I watch some people, and they're singing and they're worshiping, but the moment their voice gets too loud and they hear themselves, and I watch them draw back when they hear themselves. You stop that in the name of Jesus. I'll come off my guitar. I'll come down there and shake you. Amen. Worship and praise him. This is not Kashokton's Got Talent, where, where we see who has the best worship singing voice. It's not what this is. Look, when everybody lifts their voice at once, it blends and it makes a melody. It makes a sound. It, it makes the sound of heaven. So just, just lift your voice and sing. The prisoners heard them. Are people hearing your praise? It should be evident. I caught myself one day. I was going through Bueller's. <laughs> and and I, you know, I'll catch myself doing this. I don't even realize I'm doing it. I was walking through Bueller's. I, I thought, Bueller's? Bueller. And I, and I, Bueller, and I started to sing, and I'm walking past, you know, where the bakery is. I'm walking on the mountain underneath the cloudless skies. I'm drinking from the fountain that never shall run dry. And I'm singing, I'm walking in Beulah land. And I'm literally singing this song, and I caught my, oh my goodness, I didn't. I thought I was singing it in my head. I was singing it out loud while I'm looking at muffins, you know, and all this stuff singing. I'm walking. People must have thought I lost my mind. Amen. But are people hearing your praise? I say, amen. I'm not saying you have to go sing Beulah Land at Beulah's. However, you shouldn't be ashamed and you shouldn't be embarrassed to lift up your hand. You shouldn't be ashamed to lift up your voice. Amen. Everything that's in me, praise the Lord. Because it says, as the prisoners heard them, it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. <laughs> and it says, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And, and immediately all the doors were open and everybody's bands were loosed. Boom! God showed up. The atmosphere of the room where there was bondage, there's liberty and there's freedom. Your praise can not only set you free, but it can free up people around you. Amen. And I think I know what happened. The Bible says that the earth is, is the Lord's footstool. I believe he was listening to Paul and Silas. And as he's listening, he, he just began to tap his foot. And he must have just tapped his foot right over the jail cell. And it began to shake. Hallelujah. It was the first jailhouse rock. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
Amen. Amen. So what's coming out of your mouth? What's the sound that's coming out of your mouth? Is it negativity and murmuring and complaining? And Praise and worship brings liberty. Praise and worship brings freedom. Stop complaining about the, the situation and start praising God in advance for what he's about to do. Amen. Just give him praise. Give him glory. Amen. That's what I was doing when I was 15 years old, diagnosed with Hodgkin two, Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage 2 cancer. I would wrap a blanket around myself, pretend it was God holding me, and I would just sing, Lord, you are more precious than silver. You're more costly than gold. Nothing I desire, nothing, nothing I desire compares with you. And I'm singing to the Lord, and the cancer completely removed out of my body. Before scans, tumors. After scan, no tumors. The Lord liberated me, freed me. Healed my body. There's liberty. There's, there's, there's freedom in the praises of God's people. He inhabits. He's enthroned upon them. Is this helping anyone this morning? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to end here. But praise and worship. It brings the presence of God. It changes the atmosphere of the room. And it brings liberty. It brings freedom. It, it provokes God's blessing. Exodus 23, 25, worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be upon your food and your water and I will take sickness away from the, the midst of you. Psalm 67, 5 through 7, may the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests and God, our God, will richly bless us. And yes, God will bless us and all the people all over the earth will fear him. Hallelujah. I'll end with this. Make... Praise happen. Stop waiting on someone else to initiate it. Stop waiting on the worship leader to cheerlead you into it. You just make it happen. I don't care if you're in an environment where nobody's praising. You praise. Amen. Amen. I was in a certain denominational church, and man, that lady got up, and she was singing the house down, man. But it wasn't just her. It was the anointing upon this lady. Was You felt the presence of God. No one was worshiping. People just sat there like a statue. But man, I, I just, I'm going to worship the Lord. I, I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to worship Him. Not to be seen by people, but I, you I, you got to make it happen. You just got to make it happen. And then when I started worshiping, I looked, and then there's someone else worshiping. And I looked over, then there's another person over there, and then other people started to worship. Amen. Make it happen. Hallelujah. Praise and worship is the highest form of prayer. You don't need someone to lead you to go into prayer. You just pray. You don't need someone to lead you to go into worship. You just, you just worship. <laughs> Psalms 103 and verse 1. David, let all that I am praise the Lord, my whole heart, everything in me. I will praise His holy name. I will. I will praise His name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And may I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins, and He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death, and He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Oh, I like this. And my youth is renewed like the eagle. Well, you were just listening to a sermon that I preached last Sunday. It was called Pure 
worship. If you'd like to listen to the full sermon, you can actually look up Life of Revival on Spotify or Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or Anchor, really anywhere that you can find podcast. You can actually look up Life of Revival. You can find a lot of content. You can find all the replays of the radio programs that we have been uh, playing here on WTNS. You can find a lot of the sermons from Sunday morning. Again, just search Life of Revival. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you're probably going to find us. Again, that's something like Spotify or Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Anchor. You can also go to facebook.com slash the river You can give us a like on there. Uh, we live stream all of our services. So you can find that full service online. You can watch the whole thing from the worship to the announcements. We don't cut anything out. It's all online. You can watch replays all the way back to 2017. Um, but anyway, avail yourself to that. It's all there to be a blessing to you, to help you in your walk with God. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. You can throw that in there too. If you'd like to uh, follow what God's doing in Coshocton, you can see pictures of our different outreaches and uh, revival meetings, soul winning, uh, all kinds of stuff on our Instagram. So, uh, hey, come be a part of what God's doing as well. You can join us this morning at 10 a.m. at the River Church. We're right here in Coshocton, Ohio. We're located at 212 South 7th Street, right here in Coshocton. TheRiverCoshocton.com. You can get a ton of more information on there, directions, service times, devotionals. You can also send us a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray with you and believe God with you. Uh, testimonies as well. Amen. So anyway, we're here for your blessing, not on the radio for my blessing or for the church's blessing. This is all for your blessing, and I hope it's blessing you. I want to read something from 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're talking about worship this morning. And uh, it says in 2 Samuel chapter 6 in the New Living Translation, uh, in verse, where was I? Yeah, 14. It says, And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horn. So here you have King David dancing before the Lord. And the Bible says with all of his might, he was dancing before the Lord. And you can see in the next verse that they were shouting with shouts of joy, blowing the ram's horn. I mean, these people were ecstatic. It reminds me of when Jesus was making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the donkey and people were throwing branches down. They were taking their uh, cloaks off, throwing it on the road, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And if you notice in that passage, someone got offended. The Pharisees, they got upset. They got offended by the praise and the worship of the people. And they told Jesus to tell his followers to be quiet. And Jesus said, if they don't cry out, the very rocks will cry out. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I don't want a rock to do my job. And I don't know what's happened in the American church where we have uh, condensed worship to this three hymns and three hers. 
I mean, so dry and so dead. I don't believe that that's the kind of worship that God is looking for. The Bible says that the Father is seeking people to worship in spirit and in truth. And if I know anything from the Word of God, I'm starting to find out that if people are not getting offended by your praise and by your worship, you're probably not really worshiping. You're probably not really praising because David dance before the Lord with with all of his might. It, he didn't just give him a little dance. He exerted energy in his praise. He exerted energy in his worship. You know, I've been in some churches, man, if you even display emotion, I mean, you just have to sit there with a big frown like a statue. Please, that's that's not the church. That's religion and tradition. I mean, it's probably close to demonic because the Bible says that the Lord, that the Holy Ghost will stir up the most holy emotions in the minds of their of their hearers. Uh, you know, it says in Romans that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, under the ministry of Jesus, people went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping. Can you imagine in some of these modern churches, if you went in and started just walking and leaping and praising the Lord? In the early Great Awakenings in the 1700s, you can go read about the revivals in the Presbyterian Church. This is hundreds, a couple hundred years ago. But people were singing and dancing in the streets in America. It was happening in the Great Awakenings. So, you know, people want to look dignified during their praise and worship have on a three-piece suit, don't display any emotions, just stand there like a statue. I mean, people won't even raise a hand. The Bible says, lift up holy hands unto the Lord. Uh, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, praise the Lord. Uh, they won't even do that. I mean, I was in one place, I raised my hand and I had the deacons glaring at me. You know, we don't do that in, in church, please. <laughs> Amen. You're not going to stop me from praising. You're not going to stop me from worshiping. He's a good God. He's a big God. God. He saved me from a lot, from an eternity in hell. He saved me from my sins. He healed my body. He baptized me in his Holy Ghost. I can't just stand there. I can't just sit there. I've got to praise him. I got to worship him. That woman with the alabaster box came in. She broke it before Jesus and she worshiped him. She poured it upon Jesus. Come on, church. We need to pour our praise upon the Lord because he is worthy. It says in verse six, uh, I'm sorry, verse 16 of 2 Samuel. Now it says, David danced before the Lord. It says in 16, but as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of, of Saul, looked down from her window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. It says in the King James that she despised him in her heart. So here's the daughter of Saul was upset and offended by the praise in the worship of King David. It says in verse 17, they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent that David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And when he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he 
he gave every Israelite man and woman uh, in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of, of dates, and a cake of raisins. And then all the people returned to their home. And when David returned home to bless his own family, Mihal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And she said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person would do. Now, now she's upset with him because of how he was praising and how he was worshiping. And I love David's response in verse 21. David retorted to me how I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all of his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes. And I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Mihal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Now, David said, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this in my worship. Another translation, David said, I will become more undignified than this. Now, notice at the end of, of 2 Samuel 6, it says, Mihal, the daughter of Saul, King David's wife, she remained barren and childless her entire life. She didn't produce any fruit. So look, we're out of time this morning, but I want to encourage you this morning and even through this week, give God your best praise. Give God your best worship. Don't let pride hold you back. Those people standing there like a statue, they're worried about one thing, and that's looking dignified. They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the Lord. I don't care how religious they sound. I don't care how big their Bible is. I don't care what their suit looks like. I don't care what they look like. Pride holds people back from worship. Pride holds people back from praise. But I want to encourage you this morning, give God your very best. I love you. Jesus loves you. We'll see you this morning at the River Church, 10 a.m., the main event. Have a wonderful week. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com 